So this is the second in a three-part series uh, uh, that I've, uh, and it was interesting, uh, several of the songs that Julie uh, put together today. We didn't talk about what I was going to talk about, but uh, you'll see as we get into the message that especially the last song was right on to what's going on. So I know God uh, has this under control. But this is a three-part series talking about how God uses desperate times to draw us to himself. We, uh, we live in desperate times, and, uh, and, but just because it's a desperate time doesn't mean that God's not in control. So if you remember last uh, month, there were three points. I said desperate times call for desperate measures, and that's when we need to call out to God. It doesn't say go try to figure out how to fix the desperate time. Just call out to God. And Jacob did that when he was wrestling with God. Second point was God doesn't always answer the way that we want him to answer, but he always answers the way that we need him to answer. And I see that with my grandchildren. I saw that with my children. They always wanted a specific answer but knowing that it wasn't the best thing for them, and they'll tell you today, I think all three of my children will tell you that, that, um, well, they tend to forget all the times I messed up, Julie and I messed up as well, but, um, you know, they've all turned out to be pretty good kiddos, and uh, I see the same with my grandchildren. The third point was, if you're seeking God for direction and not getting the answer you want, I encourage you to press into the answer God's giving you because God didn't give us an answer just because he gave us an answer because that's what he wants for us and he wants us to press in that's what we're going to talk about today is there's times in our lives that we end up in situations that are not good and uh and it's not because of our own fault it's because that's where God put us and just because I loved when Pastor Bo was here, he said, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Because God's in control. So if you're in a desperate time right now, I just encourage you to praise the Lord. If you're not in a desperate time, everything's going good, I encourage you to praise the Lord. If you're somewhere in between those, and believe me, we all go through those because, like I said last month, we're in this cycle uh, because we live in a broken world that um, we need to praise the Lord. And, and he will come to our rescue and walk with us through that. One of my favorite stories in the Bible uh, about a, a desperate time is the story of Joseph. Now, if you remember, Joseph was number 11 of 12 sons of children of Israel. We talked a little bit about children of Israel last, uh, last month. And um, Joseph was in kind of an interesting situation. He had 10 older brothers that absolutely hated him. Matter of fact, they, hate, they hated him so much, they wanted to kill him. Now, if, if you all of you, I'm sure, not all of you have sure, but if you have siblings, you know that there are times that you and your siblings don't, don't get along so good. I had an older brother and a younger brother, and uh, we would fight 
but never in a million years would I uh, consider or think about wanting to kill him, kill them, Tony and Chris. I see my two grandsons fighting with each other, and, but I never would think that they would want to kill each other. But that's exactly what happened with uh, Joseph. So if you've got your Bible, uh, turn to Genesis 37. If you use a Bible app, go to that. Uh, ever how you read the Bible. Just for, I always just print it out. I just copy and paste it in, under my notes because it's easier than trying to juggle with uh, a bunch of uh, different stuff. So that's just the way I do it. Genesis 37, I'm going to read, there's a little bit here, so just uh, read along with me, and it starts in uh, Genesis 37, verse 12. Now his brothers, that's Joseph, had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem, come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied, which I always find interesting. Joseph knew his brothers hated him, but yet he was obedient to his father and, and went off into the wilderness to go find them. Verse 14, so he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived in Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in a distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer. Now I'll pause here for just a minute. If you remember, the reason why they're so upset with him you know, back in, back in that day, he was a very hierar- hierarchical southern boy, can't speak. But, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. The, um, he, God gave him a dream that at one point his brothers and even his father and mother were going to bow down to him, which is just unheard of back in those days, that a younger person his older brothers would bow down to him. And so they were not happy with him that he was that he uh, said that. And his father didn't correct him. Well, he kind of did, but he didn't tell him to quit talking that way. So verse 19 said, here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben, who was the oldest, heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this so that to rescue him from them and take him back to their father. Verse 23, So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their 
camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver. Now that's about a half a pound of silver. It's worth about $200 today. So they sold their brother for $200, who took him to Egypt. Just try to imagine for just a minute to one, be hated by your family that much, and then to be sold into slavery. I mean, slavery is evil. It, it's just evil. You become a piece of garbage. You don't have any freedom. You do exactly what you're told, when you're told. And it's basically you're going to be worked to death for the rest of your life and have nothing to show for it. All because his brothers didn't, didn't like him. So now Joseph is bound. You know, I don't know if they made him walk behind the caravan or how they did that, but, and I forgot to look up how far it was, but so they're heading down to Egypt, and now they have um, Joseph. And uh, we'll see what, I'm sure you know, the, some of you know the story, but we'll, we'll get into that in just a minute. And I encourage you to read about um, how God used that later on in, in, uh, to save the, his brothers. But in Genesis 42, uh, we're going to jump ahead just a little bit. So, you know, he talks about how Je Joseph was so desperate and he was begging his brothers not to sell him. And they kind of say that in Genesis 42, 21. This is where Joseph now is the number two person in Egypt. So you can imagine, go from a slave to number two in Egypt. His brothers don't recognize him, and they don't think that they, he can understand what they're saying. So in Genesis 42, 21, they said to him, he, he was giving them a hard time, and so they're, they're whispering to each other and talking, saying, uh, you know, surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life but we would not listen, and that's why things are going bad for us today, because we sold our brother into slavery. But let's go back, let's, let's go back a little bit to chapter 37, and um, what did Joseph do? When he was sold as a slave, he, he went down to Egypt, and... Um, what I want to focus on is what Joseph did when he got there. In, in Genesis 39, verse 1, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. 
Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. To me, that's, 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 that's crazy. To go, a slave comes into this house, and clearly he was working hard. He was, he, was, he was dedicated to the job that he had, even though he was a slave. And he worked hard. And he, he won the approval of his master so much that he promoted him to number two in the house. Nothing happened in that house that didn't go through Joseph. Everything that Potiphar had said all he had to worry about was what he was going to eat. So even though Joseph got a bad deal there, got sold as a slave, and ended up, he still worked hard. Now, clearly, he could have just done bare minimum. He could have uh, cheated. He could have stolen from his master. But no, the situation that he was in, he applied himself, and God blessed him for that and worked through him in a great way. So the first point for the message today I want to highlight is that um, we should stick with the Lord and you'll prosper right where you're at. Whatever situation you're in, if you stick with the Lord, you're going to prosper and God's going to do a great work through you. Now, you may be saying, because I say it sometimes, is, well, um, you know, you just don't, you know, such and such happened and uh, it's just not fair, so... I'm, I, I'm not going to do it. Or I, get, I got passed over for promotion at work, and I'm going to show my boss what a mistake he made because I'm going to do the minimum that I can do to not get fired, and they're going to realize that they should have promoted me, which is totally opposite of what we should do. We should be focusing on the task at hand and trusting God that he knows our future. He knows exactly what's in, in store for us. And he's got bigger plans. So Joseph started as a slave, became number two. And if you know the rest of the story, um, God was using that to prepare him for his next task. But there's a little road bump. So even, even when we're, things are going good and we seem like th things are working uh, very well, and you know, we're, whatever we do, we work at it with all our heart and soul. Matter of fact, Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I just encourage you, be the person that's known for going above and beyond in every task that you've been given, whether it's at work, whether you volunteer at church, you volunteer outside of church, you know, be that person that they go, if, if we ask so-and-so to do something, it's going to get done. There's no doubt.
is going to happen. And it's going to be quality work. And that was exactly what Joseph did and exactly what God wants each of us to do. So wanting to impress our Heavenly Father should be our driving force in everything that we do. Not, not that I want to impress my boss or my friends or whatever. It's that I want to impress my Heavenly Father. And because of that, Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his household. So that's point number two. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. And let God take care of the rest. Now, point three. Remember last month I said there's always three points in every message? Well, that well, all mine are anyway. So, so you know, this is the last point. Maintain your integrity no matter your position. Remember who you're working for and who you're trying to impress. Maintain your integrity no matter your position. So if you look at Genesis 39, 6 through 10, Joseph is number two in the house. He's doing great work. And what happens? A little road, a little roadblock or a road uh, speed bump happens. So in 39, 6 to 10, now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the household. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Now then, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph every day, though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. So I want be alert. The enemy is going to try to discredit you as you're serving him, whatever situation you're in, as you're working hard for the Lord, uh, the enemy is going to try to discredit you and to shame God and to, to say, see God? You know, I kind of think of the story of uh, Job in the Bible where the, the Satan comes and says, hey, you know, or God says, hey, have you checked out Job? And he said, oh, well, yeah, let me go take care of him. But Job maintained his... Uh, integrity as well and Joseph did he said no I'm not going to do it so what happened to Joseph his his master's wife lied and Joseph ended up in prison for the very thing he didn't do but he didn't so wait just a minute he was number two God had him on a path to I think and we know in the Bible to be number two in Egypt, but he had to take this little road, had to take this little detour. And I'm not going to read through that part, but I encourage you to read the rest of Genesis and see what Joseph did when he got to prison. He, he became almost number two in the prison as well because he was a leader and he was dedicated to doing the things that God had called him to do, even though he was lied about 
He was thrown in prison. But because we know the rest of the story, we know that God used that situation to put him right where he needed to be for the baker and the cheap cupbearer to show up and for him to interpret a dream that they had. But it still amazes me that even after he did that, it still took a year or two years for, the, for them to remember that Joseph had done that. But God prepared him through all that. So you've heard of WWJD. Well, it's WDJD. What did Joseph do? Joseph continued to serve God in every situation. So if you're in a, if you're in a uh, difficult time right now, I just want to encourage you, serve God. We'll pray with you. You know, the prayer table here, write your prayer out, come over, we'll pray with you, whatever. Um, but continue to serve God right where you're at. There's no hopeless situation that God can't take care of. So a quick recap. Stick with the Lord and you'll prosper right where you're at, whether it's in prison, whether it's doing a crappy job that you don't like, you know, regardless of what it is, stick with God and you'll prosper. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Be known as someone who does quality work. And finally, maintain your integrity no matter your position. Remember who you're working for and who you're trying to impress. And when we do that, we can trust the Lord and he'll take care of everything else. I've seen that over and over and over again in my life and with others that I have um, prayed with and seen over the years. So uh, let's pray as the worship team comes up. Father, we do um, thank you for the the way that you work, even though we don't understand and uh, many times, thank you that even when the situations that we're in or situations that we caused, that through your grace and mercy that uh, you still love us and you care for us and that you want to move in and through us. So, Lord, I pray that uh, your word will, will sink deep in our hearts that as we leave today and as we continue to celebrate this weekend, we pray for our country, we pray for our president, vice president, all those in authority over us, Lord, that each one of them will bow their knee to you and will look to you for the answers. So, Father, as we worship you now, we just commit this ending song to you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.